Hello everyone, I'm Connor Lokar, checking in for this latest edition of Trends Talk. Today, perhaps not surprisingly, we're going to be talking about coronavirus. Uh, specifically, the, the costs of action against the cost of inaction and how global uh, governments are really struggling with this trade-off as the crisis is developing. Now, ITR CEO Brian Bolio checked in on a Trends Talk to discuss coronavirus a couple weeks ago, and since then we've had some good things happen and some not-so-good things uh, develop. Uh, on the encouraging side of the ledger, we have seen some containment success in some areas in terms of slowing new case growth in some areas, rising recoveries, particularly in areas like China and South Korea. Uh, but on the negative side of things, we've also uh, seemed to be witnessing a westward shift of the epicenter of coronavirus or COVID-19 emanating somewhat away from Southeast Asia and China towards Europe, uh, with a notable uptick in cases becoming problematic there, in particular in Italy, uh, and also in the United States, we're also seeing climbing cases as well as testing capacity is catching up to the existing caseload. Now, uh, yesterday, Italy made the most draconian move to date, or at least uh, the, the most extreme move that we have seen so far in the Western, uh, Western world, uh, adopting a full lockdown of the country that for now is set to extend until April 3rd. And, and this is, in the Western world, that's an extreme move. Uh, Italy's policymakers, they checked the scales and, and they made the determination that the costs of acting in this severe manner were outweighed by the costs of inaction. Italy's rationale here was that in the absence of these measures, COVID-19 would advance at such a rate uh, that the critical caseload would exceed the available capacity uh, of care in their health systems. Now, I promise you more global policymakers are going to be plagued by this dilemma and this, this cost of action versus inaction uh, analysis in the weeks and months to come. And I, I truly do not envy the position that they are in. Uh, I just hope that the world is paying attention. Because uh, it's here that I want to remind you, again, that a plague has not been set loose on the United States or the globe. Not here, not in Italy. Um, I could make any number of contextual comparisons from the annual death tallies of car accidents or the common flu or heart disease or anything else. But the mortality statistics speak for themselves in this regard. Uh, the elderly are uh, most at risk, but mortality rates for those really below the age of 70, is, assuming no comorbidities, anything else going on, are negligible and our healthcare system here in the U.S., while much maligned in politics, is robust. Uh, and, and I am not by any means trying to discount the very real loss of life that is occurring around the globe and in the U.S. It will get worse before it gets better, to be sure. Uh, but commentary and as reading around the situation surrounding Italy in particular indicates that the wor early warning signs were not heeded as cases were ticking up. Uh, it, it was a, a failure to adhere to things like washing your hands, social distancing, uh, canceling some social gatherings or whatever else it is, or at least avoiding some of that social contact. Uh, where it appears in the case of South Korea, effective and coordinated early action has proven more effective and staved off the need for such extreme measures like a countrywide shutdown like we saw in Italy because that countrywide shutdown, that unfortunately for your businesses, that is the cost of action by governments across the globe and that is likely to be more impactful. Fear and the irrational response and the associated economic carnage from things like a countrywide shutdown is the threat posed to your businesses, not the disease itself, ironically enough. These mitigation measures enacted by policymakers across the globe uh, are designed to slow the spread of the virus, but are actually compounding financial market volatility and generating shocks to consumers and producers alike. 
The more draconian the measures adopted, the more likely they are to dampen prevailing industrial and consumer activity in those regions and disrupt supply chains and incite fear. Now, our job is to keep you updated on what all this means for the macro economy, and we'll continue to do so. Your job is to keep a calm head and capitalize on the fear-based missteps made by others while avoiding them yourself. Thanks for checking in. I'm Connor Lokar.